There's something I've been wanting to kind of get off my chest for a few weeks now. So, I am a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. It's one of my favorite animes of all time. And I am looking forward to the live-action adaptation coming to Netflix here in, here in a couple months. But, of course, you know, with every live-action Netflix adaptation, we have those people that just have to, like, dog on everything about it. Like how John Cho isn't the right age to play Spike. How Faye doesn't look how... How, how she looks in the anime, and how there's no Ed, and I'm just like, there's always a reason for this stuff, guys. Okay? I mean, like, John Cho, for example, yes, he's not, I think, 20, I think Spike was 23 in the anime, so, like, yes, he's not 23 like, like Spike is in the anime, but, however, he looks like Spike. Like, seriously, pull up a picture of Spike in the anime, and then get a picture of John Cho, put them together... That's Spike. And in terms of, like, Faye, I get why they kind of gave her a costume update because, I mean, honestly, if you're an actress, would you want to, would you want to wear something that revealing for, like, 20 hours of a day, you know, doing multiple takes in public and then risk, risk some sort of, like, wardrobe malfunction? No. But for some reason, whenever there's, like, these anime adaptations, anime fans think all the girls need to have, like, a two-inch size waist and boobs the size of cantaloupes. I'm just like, no, they don't. They, they seem to look hot, and that's it. And the actress they chose for Faye is hot. And in terms of Ed, I can kind of, I, I, I can probably see why they aren't really, you know, quick to, you know, throw her into the anime, especially with that whole, what was it, cuties fiasco, where, like, it was like, there was, like, six or whatever year old girls wearing, like, scant, wearing, like, scanty clothes and dancing around. I, I forget what happened, happened, but that caused, like, a huge point of controversy for netflix and i can and after that I, I can probably see why they aren't so big on having a 14 year old wearing a crop top and athletic shorts you know running around so that's my two cents when it comes to that let's get to the episode hello ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs welcome to yet again another episode of the sam talks nerdy podcast if you haven't put the pieces together already, my name is Sam and I am your lovely host. I hope you all are doing well out there today, staying cool, staying warm, because it's actually starting to get a little bit chilly out there thanks to this sweet fall weather. Just, I'm so happy it's here. I'm doing good. I've just been staying busy with work, schoolwork, and keeping the old Instagram up and going. I listened to the first two episodes of the Batman audio show on Spotify. It's pretty interesting. Never did I think Je Jeffrey Wright would make a good Batman voice actor, but he does. I also watched the first three episodes of Doom Patrol Season 3 last night, and again, they start off strong, and I love it. This, se this season might be my favorite overall, just by these first three episodes. The new episode of What If was eh, kind of, I don't know, like... It, it had its good moments, but then it just, like, had its, like, weird, dumb moments. I mean, like, is Thor being a party animal really that much of a scenario? But I didn't write it. But I did like how it sets up, you know, the big bad of the season with Vision as Ultron. Anyways, for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about this concept I posted about on my Instagram not too long ago, about how I would bring in other Spider-Verse characters into the MCU. I mean, yeah, I did a whole Instagram post about it, but I thought, I, I thought I'd use this as a chance to kind of go into a bit more detail about what I do, how I do it, that kind of thing. Let's get to it. <laughs> 
Okay, so first off, for those of you who aren't really as comic savvy as I am, the Spider-Verse is kind of like a multiverse of Spider-People. So like in one universe, we might have a Spider-Man in the future, or or, or as I know, Spider-Man 2099. Or we might have a Spider-Man, like Spider-Man Noir, who's based in the Great Depression. We might have Spider-Gwen, who's Gwen Stacy, but has Spider-Powers, or... Spider-Ham, which is a pig that was bit by a spider. Don't get me started on that. But anyways, with that kind of like basic knowledge out, or out there, how would I bring them into the MCU? Well, first off, I do it, I, I start off with a Disney Plus series where it's like a mix of What If and Spider-Man Shadow Dimensions, which was a game that came out a long time ago that involved Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, Ultimate Spider-Man, and Spider-Man 2099 being tasked by Madame Web, who kind of like connects the Spider-Verse in, in a way. They find shards of the, uh, I believe it's called the Tablet of Destiny that kind of broke apart after Spider-Man proper got into a fight with Mysterio, who's trying to steal it. So the whole game is about each spider person, you know, going, you know, go, going around finding, finding shards and fighting a sort of villain of the level. So each episode will focus on a specific iteration of Spider-Man or, I guess, Spider-Woman in this case. And also each episode will maybe have like a different animation style to it. So, for example. Say in the first season or in this series, like Spider-Man Noir, his art style is like noir. It's gritty, you know. We kind of dark, kind of violent. Not not too violent, of course. You know, this is Marvel we're talking we're talking about here, but like dark, gritty, noir, that kind of thing. Then maybe for like Spider Gwen, it's like kind of bright, punky, poppy. Like I can't really explain it, but it's like. Each style of the episode kind of coincides with the spider of the episode. Kind of like what if each spider gets their own like solo episode and then they all like come together at, at the end of the season to defeat the overlooking, looming, whatever it is, threat. For example, say Marvel decides to maybe heavily take from Shadow Dimensions and they have a different version of Mysterio come in to take some MacGuffin that results in it kind of being dispersed throughout the Spider-Verse, thus causing the spiders that will be the focus of the season to take action. Also, I probably have each episode be, well, longer than an episode of What If, so like no 20 or 30 minute episodes, like these would be like a good 45, 50 minute episode to really give us some time to get to know these characters and to get the and, and to care about them and to get a good grasp of the story. I'd also cast, you know, people who can both voice a character and then appear as them in in a live action appearance if that ever happens. So sadly that means no Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir as much as it breaks my heart to say that. And also each episode will have one villain that uh, coincides with the Spider-Man of the episode. So for again to use Spider-Man Noir because he's my favorite of the Spider-Verse spiders. His episode will maybe have Hammerhead or, or Norman Osborn as the main villain and then that's it. Each spider gets one episode that's like 50, that's like 50 minutes long. And then we see them come back at the end of the season for the huge climatic team-up. Madam Web would 
we're kind of like the Watcher in What If, except she'd be a bit more involved. So, unlike the Watcher, who can't really get involved with all these scenarios and stories, Madam Web we, will be the driving force behind everything. Like, she'll be giving hints, offering advice, you know, helping the characters and not just standing back and watching everything unfold. Now, will this happen? No, this will in no way happen. This is just me sharing an idea. Apparently, Sony is considering or is going to do a Madam Web movie that will explore the Spider-Verse and will, if I, if I rest correctly, it will like also lead into a Tom Holland Spider-Man and Tom Hardy Venom team-up or something like that. I don't know. I mean, Sony is... They're... They're interesting with, with with what they're doing with their characters, but I mean, I mean, will a movie work? Sure. I mean, it'll be a lot to pack in, you know, with, with all the different Spider-Verse characters. But if Into the Spider-Verse can do it, and if Sony thinks they can make it work in live action, then all right, more power to them. Plus, I mean, come on, my idea is kind of a stretch. I mean, a animated series that can also have characters that can appear in live action. I mean, eh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just stretching when it comes to that. But I do totally recommend you check out Spider-Man Shower Dimensions, whether it's a gameplay on YouTube or just go out and try and find it on eBay or in an old vintage game store because it's a pretty fun game. Like, each spider has has an own play style. Like, like uh, again, using Spider-Man Noir, for example, he uses stealth heavily. Plus, all the characters in the game are voiced by, like, past voice actors who have voiced Spider-Man. There's, like, Neil Patrick Harris, the guy from the Spider-Man the Animated series, and a few others I can't really place my finger on, but I know they voiced Spider-Man in the past. And that is the show. Thank you all for listening. I always appreciate the listens. Be sure to follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. I'll have those linked down in my description along with a few other platforms. Please leave me a five-star rating and a good review where you can because that really helps get the podcasts out there for more people to listen to. Feel free to leave me a voice message on Anchor. I will have that linked down in my description as well. And until next time, stay happy, stay well. Don't get stuck in the Spider-Verse. Don't destroy the Tablet of Destiny. I think that's what's called. Don't pink fight with Mysterio. Don't get bit by a radio active spider. And I will see you all next time. Peace out. Peace out.